Hi, Megan. How are you? I'm good. How are you? So good. It's good to see you and talk to you. Thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. It's great to chat with you and meet you. <laughs> yes. And I'm, I know that the students are going to be really happy to hear from you. I'm going to go ahead and ask you just to introduce yourself and tell us where we can find your work out in the world. Sure. My name is Megan Rader. I'm an illustrator. I live in Port Alberni, which is on Vancouver Island on the west coast of Canada. I illustrate a lot of greeting cards and stationery, gift wrap. I've done a couple of books. I've done a lot of work with a company called Legome Design in Brighton. So I've done probably over 30 cards with them. I've worked with Bespoke Letterpress and through them Anthropology. Mm. I've recently done some work with a company called Olympia Latin. They're a French company that they create like one of a kind, well, not one of a kind, they're limited edition handbags that are like sewn to look like book covers. So that was really fun. That's one of my more recent. I thought that was, that's new. That's new, isn't it? Yeah, that came out last year. And and right now I'm working on a few more for them. So that's really fun. It's probably been my most exciting uh, license so far. That's so neat. So you work with a lot of licensing and you also work with an agent. So I guess we can talk about agency maybe in a bit, but how, let's start with like, how did you, what has your journey been like as an illustrator? You have a very distinct style that is very you. And I guess I want to know how, how did you get to where you are now from college? You went to art school? I did. I did go to art school. I went to Emily Carr in Vancouver and I went there. I graduated from there in 2006 and I just did like the basic visual arts program at the time. They, they only had visual arts and then graphic design and photography and animation. And I was honestly like too scared to interview for any of those programs. So I just did the basic visual <laughs> arts program. And that was really great and fun to like be learning all of all of that stuff. Like I did a lot of drawing. The drawing, like life drawing stuff was really like it formed a big foundation for like my style now. Although uh-huh. at the time, like it I didn't had like had no clue like what my style was or anything. But the, there, there wasn't a lot of information about like how to make a living as an artist. It was just basically mm-hmm. like you, you show in a gallery and, and those are like your options. And so when I graduated, I just didn't really know what to do. And I got a job at a, an art store, like an art supply store. And I worked there for like five years. And that was really good in that I got to learn a lot about like art supplies and things yeah. and it was almost it like must a have been education. Fun. <laughs> um and then after that I, I just kind of like floundered around a lot like I tried Etsy and I did have a shop and it just like didn't really take off very well I was a featured seller and all that but it still it just like you know, wasn't for me. And I tried like selling at craft fairs. I didn't at this time really have like specific, like I wasn't doing illustration. I didn't even know that that was a thing, mm-hmm. like licensing your art. 
And then I, I actually even tried doing, I went to school to do woodworking, like fine woodworking. Cause I thought like, well, this is like a creative thing that maybe could make me some money. That's <laughs> so amazing. I did that for a year and just like overall, like spent like 10 years kind of floundering around, not really knowing what to do with myself and not knowing how to like make money off of like this degree that I had like spent all this time on and paid a lot of money for. And, and then I learned about licensing like randomly and, Mm -hmm. and started pursuing that and, and started taking some courses online just about like how to sort of gear my art towards licensing. And slowly I started getting some like companies reaching out to me to do licensing and my big my first big license was with Bespoke Letterpress. Oh my goodness. Um, and that was like amazing. It was a full line of um, like Christmas cards and stationery. And then from then I got reached out to by my agent who represents me now. And mm-hmm. since then she's just been finding work for me. And I've been, I've been, I had, I started having kids like right about the time that I discovered illustration. So it's been like a balance of like, being with the kids and working like in the evenings or like during nap times or whatever, that kind of thing. So it's probably nice to have, so you work with Jahani, right? Jahan. Jahan. Okay. That's what I thought. It's Jahan. I thought it was was Jahani. So it's, you work with Jahan and she finds work for you. Right. And that that must be really nice. Yeah. Like I, I think that if you want to go into agents, like, I feel like if I didn't have kids and had lots of time, I probably could do it on my own. Mm -hmm. But I just, at this point, like, I don't have the time to spend doing all that stuff. And, and I'm like the kind of person that like, if I need to send an email and it's to someone that I don't know, or that I'm just like forming a relationship with, and I'm like, I get nervous and I'll spend like two hours writing like a (laughs) three sentence email. (laughs) back to them and I just like I can't I don't have that time to to spend and because it does take a lot of time to like source out places and contact them and like she already has all that all of those contacts and I do pay her a fee which is like depending on what the job is it's around like 35 percent okay and but to me it's totally worth it because Mm -hmm. I don't have to she does all the negotiations she negotiates the price she takes the money from them and gives me my just like sends me transfers my money to me when it's all done and reads the contracts and everything so I'm just doing making the art and yeah that sounds incredible and she represents a few artists that that I know too. We'll talk about style. Okay, I, have um, one, I can say one more thing about. Working okay, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I would say, like, working with an agent, it has. I think it has like a reputation for being like, all your problems are solved when you get an agent, and they're just gonna. You're just like free to do your art and like all of that. But it's really like a a mutual thing like you have to be making art that's going to be licensable Mm -hmm. and and working with them and it's not like a guarantee of like you're gonna be making a living income 
because mm-hmm. like from my agent to, from the work I get with Jahan, like, I don't make a living income just from that alone. Mm-hmm. And I think there's an idea that when you get an agent, that that's what it's going to be like. And I think you have to make sure you get some other income streams going mm-hmm. as well. Unless, until, unless you get to the point where you're like quite famous and like people are just coming to you and, and you're getting like big jobs. I think that's, that's not the norm. That's sort of like the standout, mm-hmm. like not very common. So I just, while I love having an agent, I just want to be clear that it's not like the end all be all like. Yeah. <laughs> so do you have, you have other income streams then? Yeah, I have, I made a course last year, mm-hmm. um, which is all about drawing people like geared towards illustrators who are maybe just starting out and want to start incorporating people into their work. But maybe you're like, a lot of people are kind of nervous about drawing people, they get mm-hmm. scared about that kind of thing. So that's kind of who I've geared the course towards. And that probably makes the biggest amount of income. Yeah. Teaching does bring in quite a bit of income and there are so many different streams of income. And I'd love to talk about that with the illustration students just over the year, because you're right. It, you know, we have our art, but it's, it's a growing, I feel like it's just a growing overtime career, you know, and, and it can, and it can take time, but it can happen. And I think that's also important to to say is that it, it may take time, but if you yeah. keep working and you mentioned, just like keep making artwork that is desirable. And that brings me back to style. When you were going from, like you worked in an art store and then you had a few years before you worked with Jahan, did you really develop a specific style during that time? Were you drawing a lot of like in the evenings or how did you really develop that style? Yeah, like I took a, a lot of online courses and mm-hmm. they had like prompts and projects to do. And so I just was doing those and experimenting with like how I might approach them, trying different things. And then I just find like, I'll look and see something that I, I like and I'll try it and maybe some of it I don't like, but there's one little bit that I do like. And so Mm -hmm. I'll take that part with me to the next thing. And I really tried like a lot of things. Like I like one day I'm like, I want to be a digital artist. And the next I was like, no, traditional only. Like Mm -hmm. I just need the painterly texture. And like, I just very much like flip-flopping because I just like to try everything and I can't just stick to one thing. And then over time, gradually I, started to refine like what I like doing like okay this is like how I draw and I sort of like realized like this is how I draw and I never but I never like clued into it before like Uh you just have to like give yourself time to like come to that realization and yeah I almost feel like you it's you've got to stop trying so hard to find your style and just like do the art and event uh-huh. and then eventually you'll look back and realize like oh that's my style because I still I yeah. feel like I'm still evolving and changing now but like you might look at my work and think it all looks like stylistically the same like but like just I look back out. on it and think like no <laughs> it's not <laughs> well and I think that's a good point I always think make a lot of artwork because that's the only way you're going to find it and 
the work that I was doing 10 years ago, I've said this to the class before, but the work that I was doing 10 years ago is not the same looking work that I'm doing now, but it has been a lot of like, oh, I like that. And I like this. And I work with a lot of mediums too. So I think, I feel like it took me forever to find, like find my style. And I still don't even know like quite what that is. Other people can recognize it, but making a lot of artwork, I think you hit a key point, which is like, you didn't really know the day that you found it, but you just kind of, just kind of happened, you know, on its own because you just make a lot of work. And I think too, like knowing that like, like in 10 more years, your artwork Mm -hmm. might look completely different and like not feeling like, oh, I found my style. Now this is it. And I'm stuck with it. Like you're allowed to continue to evolve and change. And like, if you look at like Picasso, like he has his like blue period and Mm -hmm. then like all these other things and they don't really look the same, but we all know it to be his work. So how do you reconcile that with, you know, because there's something to be said about, and I, and we talk about a lot, like in our art circles and things where, you know, people, companies need to know what to expect from you. And they, you know, they choose you because they like the way that you do it. You know, they like the way that you draw certain things. So how do you stay consistent and also like keep evolving? Or do you think that's the same thing of just keeping making artwork and keeping your journey going? Yeah, I, I think it's just kind of almost like a case by case thing. Like I, I'll give you an example, like the cards that I do for Legome, Mm -hmm. they came to Jahan and said like, they showed her the work I did for Bespoke. And a lot of that work was like a little, figure with like a bit of decoration around it in the center of the card Mm -hmm. and that's like what they wanted for their line so I did like the whole line in that way but I am like felt like I'm now getting like pigeonholed into like this little thing with like decorations around it and like I want to do more than that like I want to make full scenes and like I started doing full scenes and like the feedback from Legome was like, that doesn't match your collection. So mm-hmm. we're not going to take that on. And I could just be like, okay, then I'll do what you want. But I like, I didn't want to do that. So I don't really do a lot of work for them anymore because right. I'm like moving away from that into something different. And, and now we're finding other card companies that are interested in like the new stuff I'm doing. Yeah. Um, but I also get like commissions like I'm doing one coming up where they just like made a whole mood board of my, of various pieces of art that I did that they like and would sort of like to kind of inspire Mm -hmm. what I'm going to make. And, and those are, some of them are like older pieces and some are new and, Mm -hmm. and I feel, feel, sorry, okay with going off of that because it still like feels relevant to me. You still have some creative freedom. I think, I think that it's okay to like kind of have a bit of give and take there and just kind of mm-hmm. make the decisions because every single license and every commission is like completely different because all the companies are different and mm-hmm. so there's I don't think there's like a one like right or wrong answer there's a lot of gray area and just kind of navigating as you go and I think that that's one thing that maybe I wish I had known like at the beginning was like I 
because I'm like someone who just likes to learn everything about something before I start Mm -hmm. and it's just like not possible like it's Mm -hmm. okay to just learn as you go and and sometimes wanting to know everything it can be paralyzing yeah so I would just say like just be okay with like take it as it comes and and you'll just do what feels right and natural and Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like sort of like traveling along some light waves like it's just yeah everything's different and you'll just go with it and you'll figure it out as you go so it's okay not to have it all figured out right (laughs) (laughs) that's good to hear and just start just start putting your work out there gosh and I think you're right it's different for everybody everybody everybody's different but if you don't start putting your work out there how did you put your work out there in the beginning I was just, I started posting on Instagram Mm -hmm. and that was, I guess in like 2014, I started on Mm -hmm. there and I was able to like, it was before they had their algorithm change. So like most of the followers I have now are from before that time. And, and I really only, I, I, if I hadn't joined back then, I probably wouldn't have (laughs) any followers on there, but I don't know. I feel like my Instagram followers are more of my, uh, my course audience. Cause they're all yeah. other artists. Yeah. That's so like, funny. I get most of my jobs through my agent. So it's yeah. easier in that way. That's um, almost another topic of conversation, isn't it? Yeah. I've actually been thinking about pursuing more like LinkedIn more. Cause I feel like a lot of the edit, like the art directors and stuff are more on places like LinkedIn. Like they are mm-hmm. on Instagram a lot of they're on Pinterest a lot so I feel Mm -hmm. like if I was going to like say not have an agent anymore I might put more focus onto Pinterest and LinkedIn Mm -hmm. and also sending out I I before I got an agent I did send out mail outs and Mm -hmm. I didn't do a lot of it because I did representation pretty early but Mm -hmm. there were like a few companies and agents that I really wanted to approach and I like spent a lot of time making nice like not just a postcard but like a nice package with various cards and like I even like went to the extent of sewing up like a zipper pouch made out of like fabric I had printed on spoon flour and like stuffing it with cards and like buttons and things and because I feel I feel like I didn't do that for like I wouldn't do that for like hundreds of people but there were like five or six different people that I just wanted to stand out and like send something special to them and like I wrote like a handwritten note and all that and I did hear back from all of them like appreciating it so like that's good to hear just like making yourself stand out to people rather than I don't know Instagram is so easy to get lost in the crowd you really Mm -hmm. have to do something to make yourself stand out like maybe it's like a, a personal project that goes on for a long time that can gain momentum Mm -hmm. but just posting randomly different things it's you're less likely to like get noticed yeah I feel like Instagram we need a lot a little bit more consistency if we're going to be looking for Instagram's kind of a toss-up these days with like (laughs) there's because of the algorithm like you said but I know a lot of people who have gotten have gotten work from Instagram but I'm glad you brought up the different ways that you can sending out to people you have, you have an agent. So that's another way. Also putting your work out on Pinterest or just putting your work out there, just finding different places. It's not just about Instagram. It's about putting your work out there. 
So yeah. having a website, having, I, I'm glad you brought up Pinterest. I've actually had a lot of success on Pinterest and I, to, to, enough to make me want to do more, you know, yeah. and especially for my products too. Like if I have a yeah. product that I'm selling, like my wallpaper, I've gotten so many inquiries about my wallpaper from Pinterest and yeah. a lot of them, it's funny, like you're, like, you're right. A lot of my courses on Instagram, that's where I get a lot of those questions, but for my products and my artwork, a lot of it is from Pinterest. Yeah. And I'm like, well, where did you Anything find visual. me? Pinterest. Yeah. yeah. And so it's a perfect place. And Pinterest is so much more like they've changed their, you know, the way they do things to focus more on, on that visual, you know, yeah. like kind of people are creating their lives around artwork and textures and, you know, interiors and all the things on Pinterest. And so when they see your art and they pull it in, you know, they want to know where they can get it. So it's a good thing too. I think Pinterest is really good for like, if you have a product, like if you want to start selling your own art prints or whatever, or like Mm -hmm. wallpaper and there are art directors on there, obviously, Mm -hmm. but I feel like if you want to get like a job, like doing like magazine illustration or like illustrate with certain companies like you really have like I think that Pinterest Mm -hmm. and like social media is like should be secondary to like you need to actually actively Mm -hmm. like approach these people and don't just send one thing and not hear back and then decide they didn't like it you have to like continue to Mm -hmm. like you have to make yourself known to them and they get so many postcards all day long and they probably just end up in a bin never to be seen again. So like, what can you do to like stand out more? Mm-hmm. Like I heard an art director say once, like she loves it when people send her things that she just like, can't, she can't put it in the drawer because it's just so beautiful or so cool. Like she has to pin it up on her board and then mm-hmm. or put it on her desk. And then, then it's like front of mind. Mm-hmm. And then when she she might not have something for them now, but when she does yeah. have something, there it is. She's been looking at it for months and now is like the perfect time for her to like, yeah, contact you about this I think thing. that's, that's good to hear too, because I have heard a similar story where an art director pinned something up on a board and the person had no idea. And it was like a year and a half later and they called them and they were like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. We just have been waiting until fall of 23, you know, to like put your pattern or your artwork in our, you know, catalog and now's the time, you know? And so it was like, oh, I sent that a year and a half ago. And I didn't realize that, you know, they tore it out and like put it on a board. So I think that's probably something I'll talk to the illustration students about too, is just like different ways that we can present the work to art directors specifically. Cause I think what we've covered is there's just different avenues and different audiences just depending on like where your work is going to be seen and what you're selling or what you're wanting. Yeah. Um, there's different ways to put it out there. I think too, like, I think one of the differences between like how I think about it now versus like when I was in school, like I, I was just so, I just didn't know much. And I was like really quiet and shy and I was uncomfortable and, like very introverted and I would like go and into these galleries and be like do you like take on artists or whatever (laughs) like no and they like I just get no and then be like okay and then like I would just didn't know what to do and I would just like take it take a no as a no and then like Uh that would be it and I think you have to just like 
get it in your head like this is going to happen I'm going to Mm -hmm. make this happen and like so they said no the first time like it could be a variety of reasons like you just have to keep on pushing and like be like just have the mindset of like this is going to happen and just go for it and like Mm -hmm. don't be shy and quiet and meek about it just be Mm -hmm. like put your back into it or whatever well and sometimes if you even just respond with so I feel like sometimes art directors are too, too busy maybe to be like, let me tell you exactly why we said no. You know, they're just like, oh, not right now. And they're, I've so far in my experience, they've all been really kind, you know, both ways. But what's funny is sometimes it's the no is for a very specific reason. Like you said, yeah. it's just like, oh, not this season, maybe next season. They just didn't tell you that. And yeah. so like really opening that door of communication and being like, as, and as somebody who is, I don't know that I'm shy, but it, I just have decided to pick up the phone a few times and that's just like yeah. more because I'm determined, you know? And I think when you have that, like, okay, that one didn't work. Let's go down the line. Like, what do I need to do? And then you do it. And I think it just helps teach you like what you need going forward, like what, and you just keep going. Yeah. Keep and going. you just gotta try like trying different things and some things won't work and other things will and mm-hmm. like you said before you just have to start and you just have to do something mm-hmm. instead of like I feel like I spent a lot of time doing nothing because mm-hmm. I just didn't know what I was supposed to do and mm-hmm. I didn't if someone was there and told me like how to make a plan and like actionable steps to take and was like encouraging me to do that like maybe things would have happened a lot faster for me Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's my hope my hope is that the students are prepared to take some steps you know and also knowing that it takes time and you're just gonna grow but you just got to keep going you've got to start and you've got to keep going so I remember at a certain point I did freelance graphic design with my kids at home and I would dream up like, an, you know, an illustration career. And I'd be like, someday, someday yeah. <laughs> when I do this in the future. And then it was so funny because I just didn't think I knew, but I think when it's time to start and you start finding out what you need to do, it, it's just a good feeling. Maybe that's what I'm saying. Like, it's like one, there was just one day where I was like, okay, it's time. Yeah. And now what? All right, let's kind figure of like, it out. There's, you have to kind of do the like fake it till you make it kind of yeah. thing. And I don't even know if you'll ever feel like you make it. Like, I don't yeah. feel like I made it, but you've asked me to like be here on this interview. So apparently you think I have. Yes. yes. Well, and I think that's something we all, we know how, how we got here and we know where we want to be yeah. and our work has a very special place in the world right now. And our work in two years is going to have a very special place. And everybody has a different style, whatever that is today. And everybody's work has a place. And that's something that since I've started that my career, I've, I really have known to be true. Like my work may not align with this company, but it really does with this company And then somebody else's work may really align with this company and not this company. And it's just, you know, everybody's work has a place 
And I think for the people that are willing to like put forth, you know, an extra foot, you know, and, and like, keep working, keep making artwork, you know, you'll find that place. Yeah. And I think I that's think. a good point. I'm too, very like... positive. <laughs> I'm very <laughs> optimistic about it too. I really see, I just see so many people make such good careers out of, out of illustration. Yeah. I, I think it's a good point too, of like, what you said about like your work's not going to fit in everywhere. And I think mm-hmm. it can be easy to try and like make your work appeal to everyone, but really mm-hmm. like, that's not what's, that's probably not a good thing. Like the more mm-hmm. yourself you can be in like kind of more niche, you can be about your work. Like that you're going to make, you're going to make yourself stand out more and mm-hmm. be known for that thing. And, and then people are going to be more likely to remember you and think of you for specific work when that, when that comes up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's recently someone told me that I was known for my textures and like, I didn't do that on purpose. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) Oh, I guess I have really pushed those textures lately. You know, I was like, Oh, you want to learn about textures? Like talk to Lissy. And I was like, Oh, do I know about textures? I guess I do. But that's kind of how I sort of feel about like with the people like drawing. Yeah people and like I would get comments like that too and then I I sort of when I was thinking about like what could I teach that was like a thing that came up that like I guess I'm known for that and that's like Uh a thing that like can be difficult for people so it is the gesture it's such a perfect class too because gesture drawing is something that I think everybody needs to know how to do especially if you're going to learn how to draw people And I, and I I think I'm talking about, I'm thinking of a a little class that you did for, yeah, and that's what I'm thinking of. I've been thinking about like how I can expand on that to make it into a, like a a class that I can offer. Like a bigger class. On my website. Yeah. I would love it so much. Like I've just seen so many people like start their drawing, like say they're drawing a face or something. And it's like, they like only have drawn the eye but it's like the most detailed eye you've ever seen but then like they haven't drawn any of the rest of it and then it's like they finish it and they're like why does it look so like weird and wonky like Uh like you need to figure out those things first before you yeah (laughs) you're right you're right and for illustration specifically and that I want to ask you about this next for illustration specifically you kind of have to know what your concept is and like what your, yeah. what it's going to look like and come up with some sort of composition. So here's the question. How do you approach an illustration from like concept to finished for a client? Yeah. So usually like they'll give me some kind of idea or they, they might not, they'll just say like with Lagone, for example, they just wanted me to do the cards like, and they gave me like the like we want two birthday cards we want like two Christmas cards and blah 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 all the occasions and and then in that case I'm like coming up with the concepts on my own Mm -hmm. or maybe they'll give something a little more detailed but either way like they want to see rough work first and then before just handing in the color Mm -hmm. so you don't want to like spend a ton of time on the rough work like I'll usually give a pretty detailed line drawing but if I'm coming up with concepts like 
there's like all different ways that you can go about it. Like I usually have like a list in, mm-hmm. in my phone, like on the notes app, if I'm going about like daily things and like something pops into my mind, I'll just write it in there. That's what <laughs> I do. And then a lot of times it's just like kind of just sitting and thinking for a while and like just writing out all the stuff that pops into my mind and then maybe going through the list and seeing like if something if if certain imagery comes to my mind right away maybe I'll do like a small thumbnail a bunch of small thumbnails of that of like how the layout might look Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes I might take like two different ideas and like think about how they could be combined like I did a card I'll send you the picture of it it's like a woman having some wine in a bathtub and I just like was scrolling through Pinterest. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to look at all these random pictures and think like, how could I make a greeting card out of this random thing? And like, a, mm-hmm. I scrolled by a bathtub and I was like, how could I make a greeting card with a bathtub in it? And then that just like popped into my mind. So it's like, kind of like going through your life and approaching it. Like, how could I make an illustration out of what I'm looking at? Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, how do like, I work random. it in? Yeah, that's, that's like what conceptual art is too. Yeah. And then like, for, for example, I've started, I want to start doing some book cover work. So I'm doing some mm-hmm. example covers and I'll like write down like all the themes and, or like imagery that comes to mind from the book or items in the book and just like do a whole total brain dump and then kind of circle ones that maybe are interesting to me and then just have a whole bunch of thumbnails and just start drawing out like just small sketchy things rather than just going right into one nice drawing like just to get the idea of a layout or how I might want to approach it and then once I have like a really rough sketch and and it's like not like sometimes it's it's like doctor scrawl looking Mm -hmm. like very like looks like nothing totally acceptable but in my mind I can see what it would be and then I'll like pick a couple that I might want to like like explore further and and bring into like a sketch and then at that point I'll make a nicer sketch to present to the client and some people present like maybe two or three sketches mm-hmm. if I can get away with it I'll just like I just usually present one just sketch one <laughs> So I just like takes that's the period that takes me the longest to do so if I don't have to do more than one Uh happy with that but sometimes I might do more than one and then I also do like a rough like a color mock-up just in procreate Mm -hmm. real again it's like really messy I just have my final sketch and I just like do each area with like a different layer and then swap out colors Mm -hmm. to experiment with the color and again, it's like not detailed at all, just to give them a sense of like what I'm thinking about for color. So then I'll present them with the sketch and then the color rough. And then they'll make, then either make suggestions or say to go ahead and then I'll do the final artwork. That's that's awesome. I, I wonder too, what is it like? Because did you do a, full, a book that had several, like you did a whole book, didn't you? I did. I've done one children's book. Yeah. Was that the same? Was that the same process going through with them? Like you just presented a storyboard and then. I didn't present storyboards with them. It was a small, smaller publisher. Mm -hmm. I just presented their roughs and Mm -hmm. then 
like I sent it to them on Dropbox and then they came back with like notes on all the pictures like within mm-hmm. Dropbox to make changes and then I like made those changes or I just made them in the final artwork that um, book is so cute <laughs> I love it I, I it's kind of like I don't like the book really <laughs> it's like I don't know it's just not I I, I couldn't say no right like it's a uh-huh. book, but the theme is just not what I connect to like yeah not what you so, normally and also do. I was when I was doing all this the rough sketches I was like pregnant and then when I did the final artwork I had like a like three-month-old baby oh, and yeah. I had to do it in like three months it's one of those projects and so it was just like and it was before I like got into working on on the iPad so I was painting it all by hand and then yeah adding it in and d- editing it in photoshop and so it was like I'm like and my office was like in the basement at that point and my husband he was on paternity leave so I was like in the basement <laughs> all day like with my and my new babies like upstairs with my husband and I'm like it was just like I don't know it was just not an enjoyable time <laughs> <laughs> some serious behind the scenes too <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> did you did you paint with gouache? Is that I, what that was in or was it watercolor? I'm just that was curious. gouache. I when I paint, I usually paint with gouache, mm-hmm. but now I mostly just work in Procreate. Yeah, I love Procreate. Yeah. I love it. I just like I started doing it more in the pandemic because like I just had to yeah. be able to be more portable and and just be able to work like while my kids were playing and mm-hmm. And it's it just does such beautiful so much work. time. Yeah, I love Procreate. It is so it just it's so efficient too. I can do a lot of good work in Procreate too. I'm gonna ask you two more questions. You're talking about family. So what is a simple snapshot of your daily life as an illustrator now? Because you still have kids at home yeah. most of the week. <clears throat> my husband, or sorry, my husband, my well, my husband works at home now which is helpful. He wasn't that, that he's only been working at home for like just under a year, mm-hmm. but it's helpful now. Cause he can kind of share in the parenting at home, but my, so my daughter's in, in school until I have to go get her at two o'clock and my son's at daycare two days a week. So the days that he's at daycare, I'll take my daughter to school and my husband takes my son to daycare. And then I have like between 9.30 to 2 to do work. And I try and make sure I'm doing like the work that's takes a lot of brain power. Like, and for me, that's like the, like iteration and sketching stuff. Mm -hmm. So I can do all that during that time then when they're home, it's easier to just be doing like the drawing on the yeah. drawing and color, like final, the final artwork for me is like the easiest part. Cause I can just kind of sit there and do it. And I don't have to think a lot cause I already have everything planned. Yeah. It's like the planning phase. I try and make sure I'm doing that during the time when like the kids aren't there and I can just like focus on that for an extended period of time. Yeah. <clears throat> and then That's like so when, <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> I've been, been time to realize that I've I been thinking like <laughs> I was talking to my mom. I'm so sorry to interrupt you. I was talking to my mom the other day, and I was like, "How come I can do some creative work with my kids, and like some I can't?" And I realized recently 
I think it's the planning part. I really need time to like brainstorm and I can't do all that when they're around, but like, oh, once I can draw everything out later with them, no problem. So, cause you can do those things in like 15 minute segments when like you're being interrupted with questions or whatever, but like, I just need to like get into a zone Uh and not be interrupted to like actually come up with like ideas and stuff. Same. Okay. So I'm I'm like only recently like realized. (laughs) So this is gold right now. And yeah. So when I do, when I do make that happen, like my week, it just makes my week go so much better and smoother. Mm -hmm. And then like when my kids are home, I can like spend a bit of time playing with them and then just be like, I'm going to sit over here with you and work on my iPad to like do mm-hmm. the non-thinking stuff. And then I'm still being mm-hmm. productive with what I need to get done, but like, I'm still being kind of with them at the same time. Mm-hmm. And that feels good. Yeah. So yeah, after school is just kind of, then I'm doing like any color work or like busy work that I can do little tasks in like five minute segments or whatever, like emails and mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does, does Jahan do a lot of your emails or do you, you don't have to handle a whole lot of that? I don't have to handle client emails unless yeah. I'm, I'm working like directly with a client, which is not, mm-hmm. I'm not usually doing that. Mm-hmm. But I do sometimes, but just like other emails, like people reaching out to me for various things and stuff Mm -hmm. like that that's that's amazing I love illustration as a career for that (laughs) I mean you still have to work and think and do all those things but it's nice when you can do you know family life the way you want and all it's definitely not like sunshine and rainbows all the time like Mm -hmm. it's it's like a struggle and sometimes I'm like I don't want to be like parenting right now because I'm in like a creative zone and I want to like make stuff and I don't want to get you a snack, but I still have to make (laughs) a snack. (laughs) But at the same time, I know that like when I look back on it, like I won't remember that part. I'll just like, it'll, it's about like being able to like be together. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I love that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to say, like, I think sometimes we, like it's easy to like look online at social media and see like just people's best lives and like think like oh she's just like making it work with her kids at home and she's like mm-hmm. doing all the stuff and like illustrating and and it's so easy for her but like it's it's not like it's I think mm-hmm. it's a struggle for everyone and and it's okay to acknowledge that too yeah. And find your own rhythm too. I mean, cause it, it changes season to season and finding a good rhythm is at least we have the, a little bit of freedom to do that. You know, there's days where I can't create nearly as much as I want to yeah. and, or I don't feel like it. There's some days yeah. where I don't feel like creating. And then the next day I'm like full of creation, yeah. you know, creativity yeah. And you just have to roll with it. And I'm just glad that I have like some days I'm here at the studio and some days I go work at a coffee shop. That's cool too, you know? So And there's different levels of like creating, like I totally can relate to that. Like, because the, that like deep creative work in, in figuring out like concepting and coming up with Mm -hmm. your ideas, like 
I really, it takes me a lot of energy and I really need to be focused to do that. And some days like, I'm just like, don't have it in me to do that. But then like, I like, there's other things that I might want to do. Like I just ordered a bunch of my fabric from Spoonflower and I want to like sew some bags so that I can like show off the fabric. Yeah. Like get people to buy it. So I could make, make those bags. And like, that's like, easy creative stuff like yeah but I'm still like making progress towards absolutely that's such a good word too is progress I feel like every we talked about this a little bit but like every foot we put forward just keeps you going yeah and like I love that you're gonna sew up some bags (laughs) that's on my list too actually yeah I want to sew some things very very soon (laughs) if I can find a second probably in December I told yeah. you I'm taking December to just kind of take it easy creatively. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. I used to sew a lot before I had kids. So I'm like trying to get back into it. But it. It's like very slow going, but I'm kind of enjoying it. It's like, just like not putting pressure on myself and yeah, having that like creative outlet. I agree. I agree. I have one more question and it is, what is some advice that you would give to a graduating student? I feel like keeping like, there's so many things I could say, but one thing that's just been like so helpful to me is having a community around me. Like if you have a group of people that you're connecting well with in school like try and continue that group afterwards like whether Mm -hmm. it's like you have like get togethers once a month where you can talk about your progress like just having Mm -hmm. that group of people to keep you motivated to keep moving forward on what your goals are and ask questions to you and like getting feedback on your work from because like you can ask your parents or your mom or whatever like do you like this? And they're always going to say yes, but like Mm -hmm. having someone who's going to give you like critical feedback, who's like gone through the same process as you is just so helpful. And like, I just think having a group of peers, like continuing that on, if you can, it, it would be really helpful just because I like, like I said, I spent so much time floundering around and I didn't know what to do. And when you have like-minded people around you, you can have mm-hmm. those conversations and get ideas and get like motivated to do those things. And, mm-hmm. and don't be afraid to like ask questions of your teachers and let's like get as much as you can from them and developing like a plan to move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are things that I wish I had done. Yeah, yeah. I think community is one of the most I would, I would say like one of the biggest parts of what I would call success, you know, like just having a career community has probably brought me, it's, it's a lot of hard work, but I can't imagine doing it without some kind of community, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just gives me so much courage and also like ideas and excitement and all of that, I think having other P having other create, I wouldn't, I went a long time without having other creatives around me either. And it's incredible when creative people can get together. It's important. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad you said that. 
Yeah. Well, you're amazing. Thank you so much for speaking with us. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yes. So good to talk to you. Thank you. It's great to talk to you too. Okay. We'll talk to you later. Bye.